cosmology is the study of knowledge. Knowledge is the storage of human ingenuity in both physical and intellectual tasks. But knowledge is also a slippery slope, often consisting of deceivement and self-deceivement. To be a creator of new knowledge, you have to be able to prove this knowledge is correct, which is easier said than done. New knowledge can be created in any area, but requires the use of proof, evidence and argument with peers in order to turn the tide in your favour and to be able to produce a piece of knowledge. In the hard sciences, this is often a much easier challenge. If you build a bridge and it collapses, you have not built a bridge and nobody will reuse your design, although there may be trend correct for mistakes, which I guess is a form of knowledge in itself. Most scholars tend to overestimate their own knowledge and the importance of their own knowledge and underplay the possibility they have entirely the wrong perspective on things. This, I think, is definitely the trend in recent years in many areas, placing something of a halt on new innovations. Furthermore, modern-day scholars have become so gatekept and rooted in the halls of university academia that they have placed a limit on the bounds of knowledge as we understand it. The reason is simple. Knowledge is power, and if a scholar sees a new idea that challenges their idea, they will fight very hard to prove they did not waste their academic career. This might not be a bad thing, but when this knowledge is also politically protected, it means knowledge can become a very dangerous thing. It can undermine entire worldviews, perspectives and outlooks on life. Knowledge is truly power. Socrates once said, I know that I know nothing. A statement reflecting the impossibility it is to be omnipotent but also how one should recognise their own humility in the face of new knowledge and, for our purposes, new technology. New technology will help overturn decades and even centuries of supposed facts in all different areas. Epistemology is therefore a fascinating ground in which to analyse Bitcoin. Bitcoin unleashes decades worth of development and growth in a short space of time. The development, debating and evidence-based change Bitcoin and the concept of proof of work and verified don't trust will bring the future of society could be staggering. The breaking in of new knowledge is often met with fierce resistance. Famously, when Einstein published his works on general relativity and challenged some of Newton's assumptions, he faced the wrath of a hundred physicists declaring he couldn't possibly be right. Einstein replied that it would only take one scientist to prove him wrong for him to be wrong. The creation of new knowledge often brings with it breakthrough knowledge in other areas. Technology changes our perspective on life. The steam engine changed the very foundations of our knowledge about energy, propulsion, force, gravity, heat and even society itself with the sudden speed of this transport. Many of these developments took decades to filter down into the general population, but the developments of the steam engine also led many other developments in energy and propulsion technologies. The internal combustion engine would not have been possible without the decades of research that resulted in the creation of the steam engine. 
Historically, we are at the precipice of Bitcoin being accepted as the world reserve asset. I would argue it already is the world reserve asset, and the rest is down to informational asymmetry, but that's for another day. Bitcoin will allow one interested in epistemology to view and study the creation of new in real time. The change in society brought about from Bitcoin will utterly change the world. This change will fascinate anybody with an interest in calling themselves a scholar. An interest in new knowledge should be at the heart of any scholar. The creation and study of new knowledge is at the heart of all scholars. The PhD, after all, is called a doctorate of philosophy. It requires you, in about four years or so, to produce a piece of work in a new area of knowledge which has never been known before. Which is to say, a PhD requires you to produce a completely original piece of work. This is almost always not as impressive as it sounds. At best, you are producing a minor piece of work, read by a dozen or so people in its lifetime, and put away in storage to never be looked at again. Four years of work to be mildly appreciated by a minor scholar at a mid-ranking university who might, from four years of your work, learn a thing or two is maybe worth it to some, but it's not what I would want to spend four years of my life doing. Knowledge and technology often go hand in hand, with the two intertwining, something like the DNA of life, intertwining separate and yet one. The development of carbon dating and the impact this had on the archaeology industry and the amount of possible knowledge that can be gleaned from being able to accurately date any item is immense. For large and important inventions, the bounds of new knowledge are almost unlimited. We have not even begun to analyse the creation of new knowledge the internet has brought us. It's such a vital part of our life now that to study it and its importance and how it changed the world is almost too difficult. The development of new technologies and their intertwining with the following results of good cultural conditions can result in huge leaps of epistemological change. Think of the Greek philosophers who created new knowledge in science, maths, philosophy and much else in the course of just a century or so in their golden age. Many of their names are familiar to us right to this day. Think of the Age of Enlightenment and the scientific revolution in early modern Europe where, with the combination of new technologies and the work of previous scholars, the great men of the day made great leaps forward when it came to creating new knowledge. The scientific revolution was a radical time for fans of epistemology. One man working from home could create major breakthroughs, leaving a legacy that would last millennia. It has been said the Industrial Revolution was created by British men in sheds. The same could be said of the Scientific Revolution, which was created by men in Europe in their studies. The period of 1500 to 1800 saw the greatest leap of technological change in human history at the time, though it was at least matched by the period of 1800 to 1900. Crucially too, these periods also saw the greatest leap of knowledge in human history. It radically moved our understanding of how the world works and led to further developments over time. This circle of epistemology, as knowledge begets more knowledge, led to a system of creating even more offshoots. 
It leads to cycles of innovations across the board. During times of decline and stagnation, such as Europe after the fall of the Roman Empire, there is something of an epistemological decline as effort isn't spent investigating new information, mostly due to circumstances of the economy, meaning there is less wealth and less free time to pursue esoteric study. Often what effort is spent is spent on misadventures and the wrong path. One needs to merely think of the effort expanded on the works of religion during the Dark Ages that could have been better spent learning how to build better bridges, windmills, or other engineering or marvels that could have vastly improved the life of the medieval peasant. However, the growth of the Catholic Church over most areas of life meant this knowledge wasn't valued. Only interpretation of scripture was seen as worthy new knowledge to the Catholic Church. This was not the best of times for new knowledge. That's of course why it's often called the Dark Ages. New inventions can precipitate whole new areas of discovery and knowledge. Bitcoin is one of the greatest inventions of all time, and so it is not just likely, but inevitable, that it will move our understanding of society in great bounds. It is fundamentally radical in a way that will change the world. The creation of money was one of humanity's earliest social inventions. It bound together societies into abstractions. The dominance of this new technology is at the heart of the great Abrahamic religions and how this new creative idol can distort and control everything it touches. All academia in the social sciences is related to money. Politics is the study of power. Power comes from money. History is the study of the past. For the past 5,000 years, money has controlled society. Economics is the study of money and the economy. Psychology and sociology can be seen at their largest levels to be the study of how money impacts health and society. I could go on, but it strikes me as obvious, therefore, that money acts as a great conduit to society. Money controls the very flows and rhythms of mankind, like ants that somehow manage to move in coordination and know what to do based on pheromones and past experiences, is something how money acts for humanity at large. So in short, this episode will cover some of the epistemological challenges Bitcoin will represent in coming decades. Bitcoin does not just change one thing about the world, it changes almost everything about society. That is the promise of how revolutionary real money will be to society. So. This is a podcast analysing what Bitcoin can reveal about the world and how it will lead to a new golden age of knowledge, discovery and innovation. The first area Bitcoin will change will be in the economics profession. A profession, not a science. Bitcoin will turn the profession into a science. It was called the dismal science by philosopher Thomas Carlyle. And the problem with economics is the difficulty in performing experiments and verifying financial knowledge with something as fake as fiat money. Fiat is not real money, so it can be difficult to have real experiments to determine the various problems and to prove something right or wrong. There are too many moving parts of fiat money and the banking sector in order to perform real-world experiments. If you don't have the ability to test in the real world and the various money problems of the world, 
To conceptualise economic laws, you cannot prove or disprove much. Physics has this problem much less. If a bridge falls down, it proves the mathematics did not work. If an economy fails, it's not always clear why it failed. Similarly, if an economy succeeds, it's not always clear as to the exact reason. There can be indications that these are not always correct. And of course, it is very difficult to prove. One might look at Cuba and see a failed economy, and look at Chile and see a somewhat successful one. Chile, of course, will liberalise radically in the 1980s, and Cuba, since the 1950s, has kept a closed border. Chile, we are told, grew as it reformed and invited foreign investment. Yet, it just strikes as fairly obvious that it was these same financiers pushing for a liberalised open market economy so they could buy up all the valuable resources and assets, not necessarily because of the reforms. To argue Chile's success is solely down to its neoliberal economic order creating genuine wealth over that other models becomes a much harder theory to prove. Economics cannot be a science in a way that would satisfy Karl Popper's ability to delineate science from a non-science. So this is my first theory. Bitcoin will allow for economics to become a true science. The first real science of the social sciences. Bitcoin can standardise money and therefore be something of a control in which we can start testing all sorts of economic theories. In much the same way as Newton standardised theories of the universe into testable forms, Bitcoin allows money and economics to be standardised, tested and therefore proved. It is already difficult to convince people about the basics of comparative advantage. While notions of free and open markets is a difficult concept to grasp for many. Free markets and comparative advantage are about as close to laws as the social science world gets, but they are not yet laws. With the standardisation of money, it will become possible to use this monetary layer to standardise many studies in all different areas of economics. An open timestamp server allows for good levels of analytics for economists to make far, far more accurate theories, predictions and verifiability. So this is my first prediction on what a Bitcoin standard will do. It will turn the economics profession into a science. The verifiability Bitcoin offers the economics profession will make it far easier to test various political models, economic policies, individual consumption, production rates and anything else you may want to measure. It can also be used to run tests all over the world without the interference of different fiat monies and banking models and will be able to verify knowledge beyond all reasonable doubt. This is the nature of epistemology. New technologies can help reveal things about the world and even ourselves. Bitcoin is the most profound social technology ever created. It will create new knowledge about humankind and society. Economics might be the first area where there are epistemological breakthroughs from Bitcoin. It should not be a surprise that where this new money creates its first change is in the study of money and in finance. If economics is the first radical change in how we perceive the world, there will be a whole host of areas where Bitcoin will also make radical changes. The earliest change in knowledge caused by Bitcoin has already happened, however. 
It happened on the 31st of October 2008 and kept happening for years after. The posting of the white paper to the famous mailing list created, in an instant, new knowledge about how cryptographic-based money could usurp a 5,000-year-old model. Upon its starting and the mining of the Genesis block, the world was about to get a major upgrade in its knowledge of computer science and cryptography processes. It saw a radical change in how computing could be used and the importance of cryptography. So this is another prediction of mine. Cryptography will see a golden age over the next decade. Even if the 2010s and the mass creation of derivative coins that have been released with no improvements over Bitcoin was not the best demonstration of this, the development of timestamp service into genuine blockchains and the successful meshing of independent nodes onto blockchains to create new forms of cryptographic models will be another major step in how Bitcoin changed the world. Not only an ability to send messages and verify they have been sent without manipulation, but the development of an ability for independent nodes to do more things, process more information and return to other nodes for verification and settlement into blocks is a whole new area of knowledge launched by Satoshi. Once the timestamp server was launched, it was already pointless trying to recreate it, as Satoshi had already done so. Satoshi created new knowledge and then went and implemented the code in the early running of the system. Something like the Wright brothers theorizing about the flight and then proving it by building a flying machine. Satoshi solved the Byzantine general's problem and then proved it and a heap of other things by creating Bitcoin itself. History. This is a subject where we take off from a couple of books we've looked at in this series. The End of History and the Sovereign Individual. In this, Bitcoin will create new history, as one phase of history fades and declines, as liberal democracy seems to have won out as a political model, Bitcoin will create new history, new events and new challenges for mankind. Bitcoin will be the bedrock of this new history and its difference in how society will be structured and ordered. We will watch history unfold in real time. The speed of society will increase. Life and societal changes will come and go in regular order. There will be a whole new class of intellectuals who will study these events in great detail, somewhere between journalism and intellectualism. A new Cambrian explosion, a societal big bang, will be the result with the human species and society going through great changes in how it operates. History and how we study it will speed up as great events keep happening, great moments of society that may take place once a generation or once every hundred years will happen regularly, and so much so that the past as we study it will be radically altered by Bitcoin changing everything as we know it. Psychology the current mental health crisis in modern day society is nothing more than man's discontent with how the industrial age is ending. With no great drive or desires for self-improvement, people begin to wallow. They call boredom depression as they go through life with only mild changes and improvements. Just look at the obesity crisis in the West as bored people turn to fat people, as easy as pleasures in life, food and drink 
becomes overindulged, and man's great achievements become not only forgotten, but ignored. This reflects society which has not gotten richer since 1914. Certain technologies have changed much, like computing, the internal combustion engine or radio waves. But then we've seen a regression of people's time preferences. That means it's becoming possible to say society has substantially improved over the past 100 years. I would guess the man living in 1800 transported to 1900 would have a harder time fitting in than a man living in 1900 transported to the year 2000. With little technological progress or aim in life, many claim to be mentally ill, yet are merely discontent with modernity. This has been something of a trend of the 20th century. The start of the 20th century saw the pinnacle of the industrial age in Europe, a continent of peace and trading, with rapid improvements in living standards, and access to goods was all destroyed by the coming of the Great War. The war bankrupted the West and created a 100-year depression as the generations after saw little improvement, even if small amounts of technology did change their lives. Look at modernist art. It shows a change in dissatisfaction with the state of society and our reactions to the many horrors of post-industrial life. It warps these into the claim there is a wave of mental illness. Bitcoin solves all these mental health issues, as they are simply a reflection of the negatives of 21st century life. The abundance of information, the lack of goals and the low pay for two or three generations, as they wait for the baby boomers to die off and pass down their accumulated wealth, creates a depression era. Bitcoin will completely change our view on society and once and for all undermine this notion of a mental health crisis. How will Bitcoin change our very psychology? Time preference. Time preference is perhaps the largest change in how we live our lifestyle. It will result in a great solution to the current mental health crisis, which is largely perpetuated by the ending of the industrial age and the coming of the information one. One can look at the great change in Britain as we left the agrarian and medieval period and entered the early modern period and towards the industrial period as these changes came about. The change in society would undoubtedly resulted in the same mental health crisis should those terms have been in use. Moving across the country with large-style families reminiscent of the agrarian age but in modern industrial ones. Different problems would hit like larger scale child mortality, desperation for better pay and longer hours to support huge families. Yet there was a benefit in the end, huge economic growth. Each generation was better off than the next, due to the sacrifices of those in the early part of the factory era moving away from rural areas towards the rapidly urbanising ones. The first generation of industrial workers went through things and events untold in human existence far worse than any other industrial workers suffered in the world during their industrialization processes. And yet their families and society at large benefited later on from Britain's place as the industrial workshop of the world. Those places in the natural world more amenable to facilitating great growth saw rapid benefits and both the great joy and the benefits of the new industrial life and the great suffering and trauma with the great changes taking place. At the edge of the agrarian age, before industrialization took hold, 
There was a great squeeze with naturally growing populations needing more food and resources, and there was a demand for more goods and for supply to rapidly expand to match. The end of the Industrial Age has too seen demand rise for goods around the world with the impact of globalisation. The rapid change of the information age will change society, yet it will be underpinned by Bitcoin. How will this change things? Well, the two together will see a huge rise in living standards and a great change like we saw happen in the Industrial Age, but also a change in the pace of life. Time will have more meaning and more depth to it. So the question is, how will Bitcoin change human psychology and further our understanding of how valuable money is from a psychological perspective? How altering it will be to societies will be a new experiment that will deepen our understanding of human psychology at the most profound level. Bitcoin's effect on our understanding of psychology will be profound as a matter of how it incentivizes us to live a lower time preference lifestyle. This, in time, will result in a great change in society. Sociology is the study of society. The study of society, as we understand it, but without any talk of the impact of money, save for a few Marxist notions about class and industry. The closest thing you might get to is political economy. Yet the study of society and money is so intertwined that Bitcoin will open up great changes in society, from immigration, law and order, prosperity, time preference changes on a society-wide level, and much, much more. Sociology will change as a topic of study as society itself changes. This will require cross-disciplinary notions with psychology to fully understand the great changes in society as a result of new money and new attitudes towards life and towards societies that produce rather than consume. With these attitude changes towards societal functionality, there will be rapidly proliferating interest in society and its changes. These changes will be studied and cultures changed and improved, and Bitcoin to equalise opportunity all over the world. There will be much more to study for sure. Society will not only be more modern with new technology, but many will have more time for the deliberate construction of society. All forms of societies will change. Family dynamics, religion, social mobility and other types of sociological study will alter too. Sociology, not really in my area, I won't go too far down this hole. But society, 50 years after hyperbitcoinization, will be far, far different to that of 50 years before. Now, one area that is my area of study is politics. How Bitcoin will change politics is my area of expertise. Mostly a regurgitation from the sovereign individual, the process of a change in politics will see us move away from pure notions of the Westphalian nation-state. How this will change politics is, of course, unforeseen. But as Fukuyama puts it, history will end and start anew, and the new political history will follow in its course. The breakaway from the Westphalian nation-state will be largely a result of the end of fiat dominance and the bottom-up resurgence of individual sovereignty and peoples coming together to form their own unique political structures of all forms. New types of political models will form, from neo-tribal polities to charismatic tyrannies, or new forms of direct democracy. These changes 
will allow each polity to have hyper-divergent forms. You will be able to move to these new polities where the structure suits you more. If you are the type who wants to be a worker bee in a hyper-authoritarian communist-style dictatorship, you are more than welcome to move there. Forms of digital sovereignty will no doubt also grow aided by forms of digital sovereignty in coinage. These might start off as digital sovereignty or PGP keys, a digital passport for certain regions that might allow you to enter instead of national passports. Would Thailand mind if your passport was not issued by a nation state but instead issued by a wealthy or reputable digital agency that can vouch, probably for a lot of money, the safety and good behaviour of their citizen? New types of politics will be reflected in the balance of sovereignty between the ruler and the ruled. In some places, there may even be various forms of anarchy and minarchism, as the government loses power without its monopolisation of, of the money printer and it struggles to pay its bills, and losing the power with competing with more corporate styles of leadership. Of course, this almost exists in some areas. In reality, much of Sicily is not run by the Italian government, but the Mafia, who largely control the island through a kind of aristocratic oligarchical leadership the media might call a protection racket, but is simply a profitable form of governance. Bitcoin's impact on this will be huge. It will be the underpinning of all forms of sovereignty, and will radically change the style of politics. An early exposure to Bitcoin will be crucial for the populace of any region looking to make the best of their situation. I am sure the earlier a region adopts Bitcoin, the more secure their political models will be, and how classical the models will be too. The earliest adopters will probably adopt more classical forms of democracy, mixed with local customs. Political customs we might recognise from Plato, but the regions that adopt Bitcoin, to a more middling degree, will struggle to compete in a more open marketplace, and so might opt for innovative political models in order to stand out, and make the move from mid-ranking country to upper-ranking country. El Salvador, the first country to go through this process, is setting itself up as the Venice of the Pacific, or a Florence-type city-state. El Salvador, small enough to try this, is going for a very classical polity. But it is a model that will probably work. The Venice of the Jungle will be the first of this new type, but don't expect it to last. A recent history in Fukuyama terms will be the creation of genuinely new types of history, and this will largely be political history, as liberal democracy reigns supreme, but other styles break through, often using liberal forms of democracy as the basis of the polity, but then diverging wildly. Despite all the areas of societal change that a Bitcoin standard will bring, the biggest change will be in your personal life. This reflects the importance of a changing monetary standard and how impactful on your personal life it will be. How a changing in time preference, economic incentives and personal fulfilment will change yourself and the society around you. I have been in Bitcoin for several years now that would describe myself as a Bitcoin maximalist for only the last four years or so. Before then, it was a mix of fiatism with explorations into Bitcoin. 
The move changed my lifestyle profoundly, from what was one of a mediocre challenge and mediocre results, to an increase in challenge, but an also an increase in reward. By changing the nature of time and the value of my time, the result was a new perspective on time. From paycheck to paycheck lifestyles, with sometimes enough money to invest in myself, my relationship to money and time both changed. Bitcoin's price shot up over the course of the late 2020s and early 2021. Time, rather than money, became more valuable. It allowed me to invest my time in a whole variety of new ways. This proved far more productive in the long run than a fiat lifestyle of month-to-month earnings, living for the weekends as the days pass by because your time preference is so high you cannot survive even a month without a salary. This makes people want quicker options as opposed to easier and better ones. They will stuff themselves with fast food to quench their hunger. They will drink sugary drinks all day to give themselves energy. They will do this month after month year after year, and then wonder why they feel depressed. They will then claim they have depression and fill themselves with whatever poison the pharmaceutical companies give them. The investment of time rather than money that Bitcoin gives you changes your view on life. You have time to make your own food, work out, develop that hobby, build that business, meet the best new people, and get to know your local area and people not high time preference decisions to take the easy option out. The investment of time into one's life is far more life-altering and fulfilling than the acquisition of money to furnish a middle-class lifestyle as you become ever more enmeshed and beholden to the corporate lifestyle that you require to keep the lifestyle you have worked so hard for and gives you so little back in satisfaction. The general inflation rate of 2-5% in the West with periods of over 10% means throwing away hours every week just to be able to live a decent, sustainable lifestyle. The process becomes all so consuming that your very life and personality ebbs and drips away so you continue to survive and not to thrive. The personal Bitcoin standard, the great epistemological challenge facing any Bitcoiner, is how can I understand and use Bitcoin's uniqueness and its unique qualities to improve your life. This is something every newly minted Bitcoin maximalist will have to pursue, and they will have to work this out for themselves. But they will also have the time to work this out. What kind of low time preference lifestyle do they want to live? It is not always easy to work this out, but it is the type of lifestyle humans feel most comfortable with. It is the natural lifestyle promoted by all civilizations in their golden ages. The need to work is not a bad thing. The need to provide is required to live in the modern world. But the benefits of this in modern day society is far worse than it needs to be. It is a society that promotes you to consume and not to produce. Bitcoin's disinflationary money supply, and I mean disinflationary because I keep saying deflationary, which is easier to understand than not quite correct, means that Bitcoin's value grows over time as less and less supply is being released into the world. It leads to an easier lifestyle for producers over consumers and provides economic incentives to pursue this goal. Internet money leads to personal breakthroughs through a lower time preference as everything becomes researchable and fixable. 
with the extra time and security you are given. The cyclical nature of Bitcoin is the closest thing modern day society has to the coming of the seasons and the changing of the seasons. The thrill of the bull market and the despair of the bear market might be revolutionary in how it shifts human society. Yet, as time goes on, for more experienced Bitcoiners, the bull market is something of a summer, enjoyment and fulfilment. Yet the bear market is the time of internal growth and development. The chance to loosen up personal excesses undertaken during the bull market, solidify the good points and discard the bad. The bear market is more valuable, more brutal and more life-changing than the bull market. Excess is not always a bad thing, and the bull market can bring it about. Like any bubble or period of exaggerated growth, it can happen, but growth and change can only really happen in bear markets. This is perhaps the greatest epistemological challenge of Bitcoin, the growth of personal knowledge about oneself. What I've laid out in this episode is a more in-depth look at some of the future challenges the world will face when Bitcoin begins to change how the world looks. History will speed up, time will slow down, knowledge will increase rapidly in the social world as there becomes a more stable measure, a permanent force the world over. It will of course be different all over the world. Different purchasing powers, different taxation levels, different challenges in comparative analysis and in an ability to draw larger inferences. Bitcoin will be a control mechanism for the world. One Bitcoin will be worth the same in El Salvador as it will be in London or Hong Kong. It will just be able to buy a different amount of things. The rapid changes in knowledge as hyper-Bitcoinization begins, history resets, and the world begins to look vastly different as to how it was before. It will be the best time to start looking at the world afresh. Knowledge of all types will change, from the academic areas we looked at in this episode to whole new ideas and areas I could not predict would arise, true unknown unknowns. The future is scary, but the investment of time in understanding Bitcoin will be worth it. That's all for this episode, but we will be back next time with an episode about the bottom of the bear market. See you then. Thank you.